So yesterday morning, Don went, goes out with Terry to the fire brigade. Terry, I have to tell you, he's more of a fire starter than a fire putter outer. Started as a little boy, I'm afraid. Um, and, I, and I was thinking, oh, thanks God, you know, I'm in the middle of it. And you know, you can be doing whatever and you can bring the presence of God into it. And so I'd clean my house and then I looked at all my pot plants and they were looking a little bit sad. So I thought, I've got to do this word prep or do that. And I thought, no, I'll do the pot plants. So I put worship on and we've got one of those things that go around that just comes to a random CD. And of all things that came to Carrie Job singing, her CD's called The Garden. And so there I am, and um, I've got a fig leaf fig tree that was like this at Christmas, and now it's touching the roof because it's in the right place for growth. There's a sermon in itself. It's been planted in the right place. It's in a corner where it doesn't get direct sunlight, doesn't get the wind. It's just perfect. And um, I was sitting there, and I was... Um, wiping the leaves with neem oil to get any aphids off and making them look shiny because I like things all shiny. So we, I'm getting the dust and the dirt off and the grime and the aphids. And then, and then I had to restake it and I didn't have any, um, any uh, rope. So I went down into my... Um, my drawer where I've got all my paper and that for gifts and I get out some pretty ribbon and I tie it up with pretty white ri uh, ribbon to make it look nice. But as I'm doing that and I'm worshipping, I got my sermon. You see, I saw God in the garden and he's wiping the leaves and he's tending the leaves and he's picking up the branches that had drooped down on the ground that would have got trodden on. And he's lifting them up and he's staking them and he's pruning them. And he's setting that plant up to produce much fruit. And from that, you know where I'm going, don't you? If you want to turn to John 15. You see, as I restaked that, that fig leaf fig plant, I was staking it for strengths for the future. I was um, encouraging growth for the future. And it looks so good. And now we'll go to John 15.1. It's so good. It's about Jesus stating, I am the true spouting vine. And the farmer, of course, is God, who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches, connecting me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. That's us. And pruning every fruitful branch to yield, I'm turning over, sorry, a greater harvest. This is what God's looking for. 
in our lives, a greater harvest. You see, I was thinking, you can go to the John Maxwell stuff on building a greater church. You can do all the amazing, well, read all the books. And I was listening to some other preachers and they had all the steps and the points. But, you know, the greatest thing you can do is open this book. And I was thinking about it. You can have all the steps for success. And we have many great men teaching on success. But if you open this, you not only have success, but you are refreshed and energized. You will not burn out if you stay connected to the vine. And I was thinking, you know, it's far better for all of us to stay connected to Jesus than have the biggest ministry in the whole world and have all the fame, but you burn and you crash because you forget to stay connected. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. You know, yesterday with worship going, and my leaves being cleansed. You know, God cleanses us as we connect in with the vine. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as, as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, and you are my branches. As you live in union with me, as your source, <coughs> that was bad. as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. We all want to be fruitful, don't we? But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. And you see that on the vines. As the branches fall up, we gather them. I usually throw them in the rubbish. But in those days, they burned them. Terry, a fire. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Isn't that a, that was from the Passion Bible. Isn't that just an exciting word? And I was thinking about, about the vine, as I was looking at my um, fig or leaf fig, and um, my daughter, she's always telling me how to grow plants because she's the expert. So she tells me every time I go past it, I've got to, I've got to give it a bump because it um, strengthens the whole um, trunk of it. <coughs> and you know, in life, sometimes we take a few bumps, but it does strengthen us if we come back to the source. And um, 
And Jesus is the vine that we need to stay connected to, strong, supplying the branches with nutrients and strength. And you, just in a natural plant, you think of the nutrients that come up through the vine. And if it's not planted in good soil, where it's getting some nutrients, the whole plant dies. So you need to be planted in a good place and you need to be connected to the vine. Our branch, our life needs to be connected. This is really basic. God is the gardener. I love this. And you know, sometimes, I don't know whether you do this, but I shut my eyes and I see, you know, on those sci-fi movies, you can see, actually I watched that movie Lucy not so long ago, and you could see everything running through her body. And, you know, that's what's happened. You can see all the nutrients coming up through the vine and out to the branches. You're being fed. If you stay connected to that, you will be energised. You won't burn out because... Whenever you get to a place that I'm tired, I'm worn out, what do you do? You turn on worship and you pick this up and you start reading it. And I've actually got a new Bible, believe it or not, and, um, and it's quite, I didn't like it to start off with. But the more I read it, the more I'm enjoying it. And that's what you need to do. Just pick it up and determine I'm going to read something that I'm going to enjoy today. See, you don't think of it as hard work. I've got to do this or I'm going to die in all seriousness. No, I'm going to enjoy this. This is life. It's going to bring me wisdom. So God the gardener calmly tenders you, tends to you. I don't think God rushes. He calmly comes and waters you and he cleans you. Sometimes he has to get some of the rubbish out of your life, doesn't he? He has to clean some of the bugs off because they can destroy the plant. And you know, I had to put oil on it, neem oil, to get those little aphids underneath off. And you know, we need the oil of the Holy Spirit coming on our lives as well to get rid of all those impurities, okay? And then staking, lifting up those branches. Oh, doesn't a plant look beautiful when it's staked? You know, like when it's all drooping over and lying on the ground. It's not so nice to look at. But once you stake it up and you lift it up there, it looks magnificent. And then you get a little bit of a breeze and those big leaves start to move and it's almost like they're waving at you like they're alive and they're they're I always think they look like they're worshiping God because he says everything on this earth worships him and you see those those leaves moving like they're worshiping God up there and that pruning sometimes we need to get rid of stuff that we don't need in our lives but once we get rid of it We become more fruitful. Okay, where am I? I've got a well ahead of myself. And what else I was thinking about 
in there. I was looking at this one particular little branch that I liked. It looked beautiful. So I decided that was me because I could make the choice. But there it was sitting in there and there was all these other branches around it. And I thought, isn't it wonderful when we're connected to the vine and there's all those other branches around, which is you, each one of you, on my plant, and we're all protecting each other. Because when you see a plant with one little twig sticking up like this, you think the poor little thing, when the wind comes, it's going to break off, or that leaf's going to blow off, and it's just going to be one sad, barren little stick sticking out like that. But when we come here together and we all move in and start worshipping together, we're like these, these leaves and these branches together. And we protect each other. And when the little fruit comes, they're protected over by the branches. It's a beautiful picture, actually, that Jesus has given us of us worshipping together, preaching the word. It says there, you know, the words that God says over us are so powerful. And what we say over each other. And, you know, fellowship is so powerful. So powerful. You think, oh, we just be nice and we get, we're going out there for a coffee afterwards and then we're going to go home. No, that out there is as powerful as what we do in here. And the words that you speak over people when we're out there having a coffee and a tea are as powerful as the words that are spoken from this pulpit. What you declare over people's lives can actually wipe away what has actually been said from this platform. That's a bit scary, isn't it? We need to be responsible for what we say over people's lives. If you're waiting for Sunday to strengthen you, it's a long week and you forget. But Jesus has given us the New Testament. We don't need to go to the priest to tell us what to do. Isn't that wonderful? We're so privileged that we are able to carry. You know, in Vietnam, they think they're privileged if they have a page out of this. But we have a whole Bible to live by. And many people don't pick it up during the week. You don't have to read the whole thing, but you do find once you start reading it, you can't put it down. And out of that little reading, God speaks into your heart. And he speaks something. And the wisest thing my mother-in-law taught me was journal everything, Julia. The little thought, the word. And I even keep um, a piece of paper beside my bed and I write on that. I carry it in my bag during the day and I write down then. Because over a month... I can turn back there and I can see a whole theme of what God's been saying. 
So if you don't write it, you lose it. That's a, you lose all those words that God has spoken to you. I'm going to ask a question now. I wonder who will have the courage just to put the hand up. Who doesn't journal? Oh, my. Emma. And you were an intern. And I know God talks to you. I have got two journals here. You see, I have two eye groups and we celebrate births. We celebrate a lot of things. But when anybody has a birthday, I buy them a journal because what is important in my life, I want to make important in somebody else's life. And so I buy everybody journals. I don't buy it from the church funds either. I buy it out of my money. Because if it doesn't cost me something, I don't get the blessing. David said that. I'll never have anything that doesn't cost me something. There's a lot of wise words in the Bible if you read them. Now I've got to choose... Now I've got to choose somebody else. Who's, who's, this is their first day in Inspire and you have never journaled. This is yours. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> on there it says, my grace is sufficient for you. Okay, I'm sorry guys, I don't have any boy journals. But if you don't write it, you lose it. So write down all those little thoughts, even the creative thoughts, um, Emma, because um, there's a lot of wisdom and caring and love that comes in that and... um, It's to be celebrated. Amen? See, God wants our our branches to look joyful. He wants us to sway together because then they start to influence. God wants our branches to be fruitful as they grow strong and they're under the protection are you seeing the picture? I'm trying to paint a picture so when you leave today, you might forget the words I say, but you'll think of that vine and the branches. And as they touch each other, as they touch each other, there's loving and caring. You know, when we're out there and we're talking and we're having fellowship, it's not just the words, it's the touching and the caring, in finding out where people's needs are at. And then we're able to do something about it. So my question is, how does the world perceive the church today? And it's no use blaming 
Donna or I or Jesse and Kim? How do they perceive you today? Because you are the church. Amen? Let's read on in this word here. It's amazing. So we're up to verse 9. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. See, we all think we're God's favourites. It's like thinking you're all mum's, you know, I'm mum's favourite. Yes, we are, because we're all different, and he loves something special about each one of us. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. See, that nourishment brings joy. Have you lost your joy today? So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is the love that sacrifices all. And this love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. When, when you do something for somebody else that costs you something. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all I have commanded you. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you most intimate friends. I looked that up in, um, in the Aramaic. And um, that word actually, intimate friends, means family and relatives. And then the sentence, cared for from the womb. That's very powerful. For I reveal to you everything I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask, see, it's not on you. It says, because whatever you ask of my father for my sake. So it's not about what you want, it's for what Jesus wants. He will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. How does the world know who you are? Because you love one another deeply. Intimate friends, cared for from the womb. You are more than a friend to him. For you were born again from the wound of his side. 
grafted, like you graft a branch, you can cut it into the side of the vine, you wound the side of the vine, you, you put the branch in and you tightly bandage it to the vine. That is what God has done for all of us. He's tightly bound us to the wound in Jesus' side. So we are grafted into the vine so closely that you can't see the scarring. How powerful is that? Shall we read on? Because it's so good. I better look at the time. I've got a few minutes more. Just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, they first hated me. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. But because you don't align yourself with the values of the world, they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So remember what I have taught you. You don't read it, you don't know what you're taught. That a servant is superior to his master. No, a servant isn't. So often we think we're superior and greater. But it says... A servant isn't greater than his master. We should remember that we need to stay connected. We can't do it by ourselves. And since they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they obey my teachings, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you are mine and they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not, I like this, if I had not come and revealed myself to the unbelieving world, they would not feel the guilt of their sin. But now their sin is left uncovered. If anyone hates me, they hate the Father also. If I had not performed miracles in their presence like no one else had done, they would not feel the guilt of their sins. But now, they have seen the hatred be the hated both me oh. and now they have seen and hated both me and my father, and all of this has happened to fulfill what is written in the scriptures. They hated me for no reason. And I and I will send you the divine encourager. This is the Holy Spirit from the very presence of my father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth, emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me, and you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. See, Jesus has known you from the very beginning. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need the spirit of truth in our lives.
praying and seeing miracles. See, Jesus says, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Not you will do greater things than Jesus has done, but because his Father, his life has come within us, we can do greater things than what we did as normal men and women not knowing God. Amen? Praying and seeing much fruit. Build your church. You know, God is relying on you to build his church. Staying connected to Jesus. Staying connected to the vine. I'll just finish off with this verse. It's out of 1 Timothy 5.13. It says, So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word. Be faithful in prayer and teaching the believers. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. Stir up that gift that God has put within you. Give careful attention to your spiritual life. Live what you speak. That's a challenge, isn't it? And it will release more abundant life inside you for all to see. See if you're authentic. You live what you speak. You speak what you live. You're an authentic person. It says here that all will see. All will see and they can't deny it. Because it's what you live, it's what you breathe, it's what you are. See, the more you're grafted in, grafted into that vine and you become more like him, you don't become boring stuffing. See, we, do, we don't live by rules. We live by the life that flows within us and it's powerful. And it says it brings joy. Rules bring um, a dull, boring person. We don't want that. Because God wants us to live an amazing life. He wants us to have fun. He wants us to live to our full potential. So the closer we stay connected into him, the more joyful the life comes out of us. And it's not always like I was sharing with, with Emma, it's not doing all the religious things sometimes. It's something that you do naturally, what is put in your hands. It's a bit like me with my plant. That is something I was just doing naturally, and God started speaking to me through that plant and the life that comes through the vine. And you've all got special talents and things that you do. you just got to let him flow through it. Let him flow through your gift to the world. He's placed it in your hand, and it might be the most, it could be cooking a meal. You know, when people have loved ones in hospital or somebody's had a baby, you know, a meal is worth more than a million dollars for them because they don't have the energy to cook the meal. 
just doing something natural like that, that just flows out of you. Amen? Isn't the word so exciting? Just about makes you want to jump up and down. So are you hungry for truth? Or do you just want to do the same old, same old? The challenge today, do you want to do the same old, same old? Or do you want that life that comes from the vine to stir you up inside, change you? Sometimes we just need to lie on our stomach and repent. And you know, you don't have to do it here. I've done it at home. Just lie on the floor. Say, God, I'm sorry, I missed it. And start talking to him. You see, we don't need a religious priest confessing religious things over our life. He's just looking for a repentant, loving heart that's authentic. And then ask him. You know, I ask God every day, please help me to be kind. Help me to be kind, because I think it's one of the greatest gifts God can give you to be kind to other people. Now, my natural inclination is I could just snap somebody's head off. You know, like sometimes when somebody's an idiot, Don says, you need to get a poker face, because I'm sort of looking at them and thinking, are you for real, you know? And I know a lot of you do it, but, you know, you look at somebody and you think, well, yeah. Help me to be kind. Smile at somebody when they say the most ridiculous thing. Because God is working in us all. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, change me. Come, Holy Spirit, bring the spirit of truth to me you know you hear a lot of things and it's very hard to discern what is life what is truth and what's a lie so you just ask God you bring it to me I don't have to have the answer right now I'll just trust and believe trust and believe amen so so good Shall we stand up now and pray? Thank you, Jesse. Why don't we just stand and put our hands down their side? I think you're that branch on that tree. Come, Holy Spirit. Connect me in a way to that vine that there's no scarring. I am part of that vine. I'm so part of Jesus. That his blood is flowing through my veins, bringing sustenance and life, bringing energy, bringing joy bringing hope, bringing a new day for somebody today. It's a new day. Even for me, this is a new day. 
because his mercies are new every day. It doesn't matter what I did wrong yesterday. God, this is a new day. Just let your lifeblood flow through me. That I live an exceptional life. That I live what I speak and I speak what I live. And I will shine. And I will bear much fruit. My life will be fruitful. More fruitful than it has in the past. That I will shine your glory in this world. I will do kindness and goodness to those round about me. God, I thank you for this day. That we can come every Sunday and celebrate. That you are in our midst and you're changing us. Holy Spirit, you're shining upon us and making us new. What a privilege. God, I speak a blessing over each person in this building. Each person that has tuned in today. I speak blessing over your lives as you sit online, as you're sitting in your room, at lounges and rooms that the Holy Spirit would just minister to your heart. He'd pour His love over you and say, your life is important. Your life has hope. And I've called you to produce much fruit. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.